I am so jealous because I feel like I I struggled. I was such a struggle buddy trying to figure out what's my favorite like Halloween necessity. Cause I, I don't don't get me wrong, I love Ghostbusters. Um but I mean we all know the thing is my my all time favorite, but we were doing a separate body horror episode. But yes, uh, we I, are. yes we are, but I love trick or treat yes. so much. It was so good. I I I seriously like I, I feel like a dethroned Ghostbusters, which I don't know if it's sacrilege or not, but like I really Really, really enjoyed trick or treat. Anyway, this is our cold open. <laughs> Welcome for Left for Dread. <laughs> Welcome to episode sixteen of Left for Dread. Uh, today we are talking about Halloween necessities, meaning movies that your Halloween just wouldn't feel quite right or complete without. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and I'm your other co-host, Chris Hampson. And welcome, Dreadfuls. We are. And what week? Week two? Week three of October? I I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so this is our Halloween necessities episode. Um, so these, uh, these are movies that you watch, or you your Halloween is not complete if you don't watch it each year. Uh, it could be, you know, your yearly tradition and so on and so forth. Um, so we we covered two movies. Um, Ghostbusters and Trick or Treat. Um, like I said before in the opening, like I really struggled because, I mean, the thing is, the thing was reserved. Um, my other, I feel like my 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 answers were like were really, I don't know, they're cop outs or basics. I mean, yes, they're staples, but you know, I was th- I was trying to think, oh, Ghostbusters or uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Or something. It's like, but I don't know. Trick or treat is so good. I if this was a competition, I'd be like, trick or treat. I'm actually really surprised by that. Yeah, it it was so good. Like, um, because I really, I think, I think, I think from from where this is going, we should talk about trick or treat is first. Uh, I I just love. I it reminded me a lot of a creep show. You know, I really love, like, the comic book anthology format. I think it's something that works really well. And even though this movie was made in, like, 07 or 08, um, it feels like it could have... I really feel like this movie could have been something that was released, like, in the last couple of years because anthology horror is so huge nowadays and uh, already. Um, I, I don't know if it ever went away but it really feels like there's a huge comeback between like american horror story and black mirror and the new twilight zone so i just really and i i I liked how it was an anthology movie but it didn't feel like it at times it was like really woven like seamlessly well together i mean it was all one movie but it didn't break it up into like separate shorts it was just four separate stories that jumped around and used um like like time loops and stuff and like out of order narrative or narrative storytelling and it just it just worked really well and it just I don't know I loved it it was so good I don't know this is this is this is your this is your movie I'm sorry Ryan <laughs> I have to say 
seen you or heard you this excited about something that you didn't pick in a while? I mean, this is me we're talking about. I get excited over everything. <laughs> well, you do, but okay, so here's the thing. Full disclosure, we did record a body horror episode and Chris was very excited about one of the movies that we did. However, due to some technical issues, as I stated in show notes of a previous episode, that episode has been delayed because we are going to record it again because it was just... The conversation we have is just too good, and while we can't replicate it, I feel like I owe it to Chris because we did do the thing, and it is one of his favorite movies of all time. It's... 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 uh, I mean, if it wasn't for body horror episodes i would definitely choose the thing as my uh halloween episode right and i knew that and i knew that which is why i'm kind of happy that we did something we sort of separated it so he got excited about the movie that we talked about alongside the thing and i thought that that was chris like peak excitement (laughs) at the time of that recording i think this tastes the cake just blew it that. It really did. It like blew yes. this out of the what water. What is Chris excited about this week? Because uh, it's I don't know. I'm I'm very easy to please, except for like <laughs> Uncle Sam. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so okay, so I picked Trick or Treat because this is literally one of my favorite movies. Um, I, as Chris said, it just all four stories just seem very seamlessly woven in together and it's one of the things I really really like about this movie and why I find it so entertaining I can watch it over and over again I do watch it every year because I feel like my Halloween is not complete without watching trick-or-treat um it has just like quick side facts it has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes which seems low to me but that's fine um Fun fact, although not really, like, fun fact. While Trick or Treat did come out in 2007, I think it was supposed to come out earlier. I mean, the only reason why it didn't was because Michael Doherty, the writer and director, directed Superman Returns from 2006. And because that was a colossal fail, the studio was like, we're not going to give you money to do this thing that you really like, your passion project. So you're put on hold, which is why I think it came out a year later. I thought they were slated for the same year or one was slated a year earlier or something like that. Um, although, oddly enough, and I still haven't seen it, so this could be a Christmas episode. He did write Krampus. <gasps> wait, wait, you haven't seen Krampus yet? I've never seen Krampus. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. It's on so the record we right now. We're gonna do a, we're gonna do a Krampus movie Krampus. episode. Okay. I mean, I oh like Krampus came out I think twenty sixteen, and um, it's already one of my Halloween or no, I'm sorry Christmas traditions. Uh, now I know I, the story of Krampus, like I know what it is, and I prefer that to Santa Claus because I feel like you know you should terrify the children a little bit. I know um, I know this is not a Krampus episode, but Ryan, you got to come down and we have to do like a live podcast recording because every year, uh, Kramp- or Krampus Knot is uh, every December 5th and in DC they do a Krampus Knot festival. So we, we got to jump as this is a Krampus and we got to go and then watch they Krampus. They have one of those in DC? 
Yeah, yeah, it's called Crap is Not DC. I actually missed it last year, and I was really bummed because I really wanted to see it. But I saw Crap is in theaters because that's my that's my two my my two birthday traditions is one watch Die Hard in the movie theaters, and the second one is watch Krampus. Okay, so we're officially saying this. We're doing a Christmas episode on Krampus. Yes, I think I think we should do Krampus and what's it called? Rare 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 Exports. I think it's called. Ah. Yeah, I think it's called. I can't. I don't remember if it's like exports or imports, but there's. Um, I think that's a good one. Anyway, tangents. Okay, whatever he says. <laughs> so, going all the way back, because clearly Chris is excited. Um, Trick or Treat is a four part anthology movie. And. Or four or five. It's five. It's five parts. Five part anthology movie. And my Halloween would just not be complete without watching Trick or Treat. Sam is one of my favorites. I think no matter how many times I watch this movie, I still have the same one problem with it over and over. And it's so, it's such a minute detail and I know it won't probably bother a lot of people, but my one issue with this movie is watching Sam get unmasked. Uh, oh, the, is that his, is that his name? The, the pumpkin head guy? The, the, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... That's my one problem with it. I feel like it's so good. And then you just... You had to just do that much. I don't know. It just it irked me a little. And it still does every time. Yeah, I I really enjoyed, like, the the, the costume design of Sam. I thought it was really cool. I want really, that lollipop. This weird, circular, global burlap sack mask with this creepy smile. And when you take it off, like... It kind of, like, I still love the movie. It kind of threw me off a bit. Like, I, like the immersion kind of, like, s- skipped a record. Because it, 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 it was, like, half, it was, like, this half-carved jack-o'-lantern slash skeleton face. It kind of looked like if Pumpkinhead um, had a son. Yeah, that's a really good description. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I just, it's one of those things where I like that, Sam is just sort of there throughout each of the stories. Yeah, and he's like, he's like. And uh, by the time you get to the end, it comes full circle. Like you understand everything. He's like the the wordless little narrator throughout this whole thing, and I really like it. But when you get to that moment and you unmask Sam, it just sort of takes you out of it for a second. I definitely I mean, agree. I know, I know you're talking about five stories with a serial killer and a obviously very disturbed and depressed bus driver and werewolves and all of this stuff. All in this one town in Ohio <laughs> that takes Halloween very seriously, and yet it doesn't. And yet it doesn't. <laughs> and in all of that, though, as unrealistic as some of that, obviously, like, the werewolf element isn't real. But just the way they did all of that, A, makes it seem believable, and having that moment sort of takes you out of it for a second. Now, I've lived in New York City my whole life, and watching Trick or Treat makes me wish I lived in a small town so that I would have, like, Halloween traditions like that. Because New York has the Halloween parade, but if you know what's good for you, you don't go to that. You don't go anywhere near the village during any of that because it's it's a fucking mess. It's such a It gets so crowded. It's kind of like Times Square. Once you go in, you can't get out for, like, five hours or whatever it is. You're tired. There's something like that in ba- like near Baltimore. Um, it's like in um, I don't know if you ever been to Fells Point, um, but every year, 
Uh, Fels, well, Fells Point is like a very historic part of the Baltimore Inner Harbor neighborhood. And basically on Halloween, like ten to 15,000 people all in costume are all in like like the entire uh, town or entire neighborhood strip. And it's a, it's a giant shit show. It's just like people drunk in the streets and it's like very crowded. It's, it's very much like a Times-esque or Times Square-esque um, kind of affair. Um... But I don't know. This movie made me like really wistful and nostalgic for, I guess like a town I I've never been part yeah, of. Yeah, same. Was like, yeah, it's like it's like yeah. You know, I I I want to be part of a town like a small town that takes Halloween super serial like that. Um, you know. So do I. I would love. I would kill for that. If I, if there was one thing that I wish I could change about my life, it's not the content of my life. It's just purely location. I wish that at least through the month of October, I occupied a small town where they had stuff like this. Like, I've always wanted to go to Sleepy Hollow and see the jack-o'-lanterns that they have there. They have this whole... They line the entire streets with jack-o'-lanterns. Like, I've seen photos, and it's something so beautiful and so eerie at the same time. You know, I'm thinking of... This is just a completely like random tangent but like they're th- they're themed airbnb airbnb places like near near me in virginia there's a airbnb place that's like dungeons and dragons theme where you can like have a getaway and just play tabletop games the entire time i'm wondering if like uh, like let's say in ohio or like small small towns across the country are there like airbnbs that are like halloween theme where like you can rent it out during halloween and like like, you're just right smack into the center of Spooksville. Well, I'm sure Sleepy Hollow has stuff like that. I'm sure that Salem probably has stuff like that. We should we should investigate, because that would be cool. Okay. That would be really cool. Pitch for next year, we do Halloween from Sleepy Hollow or Salem. Yes. Preferably Sleepy Hollow, because it's a lot easier to get to than Salem. Okay. I'm game. Okay. That's what we're doing next year, guys. <laughs> it's on. It's on, We're recording this. It's on tape, so it has to happen. It's, on tape. it's canon. Exactly. It has to happen now. Um, okay, so let's rewind and let's start with trick. Or, I mean, obviously, we've already started with trick or treat, but let's like get into it. Yeah, but the five stories, like it's it's told in a non-linear narrative, um, um, and the connecting the t- connective tissue is Sam. This weird trick-or-treater dressed in pajamas and a burlap sack sack mask um and it appears sam is like this spirit of vengeance that's trying to enforce the rules of halloween and uh you have like like, uh, some of the some of the anthology stories are like morality tales based on the rules like one story is like you should only take like one piece of candy and not steal all the candy for yourself. Check your or candy. You should if you, yeah. Or if you if you live on if you live um on Halloween, you should participate. You should you should hand out candy or else you get you know you know gutted or something like that. Um, you should. Um, so the rules, I think, a lot of the rules, put not put in place but enforced by Sam is give out candy, check your candy. Um, yes. Jack o' lanterns. Um, leave your. Yeah, leave them leave them lit until until you know, Halloween's I mean, over. That, that, that's like literally the first story. Um, 
I guess don't don't kill children, <laughs> you know, because don't don't accept, don't be a mercenary, you know, from parents who don't want their kids, you know, um, school. I don't know. Just be a yeah, good person. Although Sam, <laughs> we'll get to that story later. But Sam stopped everything when he got a piece of candy from him. It was because. He- I'm talking about like the the school bus driver who just like took blood money. Well, and, he like, didn't try to kill he didn't all the do kids. It, oh, oh, he yeah, didn't the do kid, it. He hesitated. Like, when the kids panicked. Like, I don't, I don't know. So we'll get into that. Okay, so the first story that you see, it's a couple coming back from Halloween. He's very into it. She's not into it, and um, she's like, "Well, no, Halloween's over." And he's like, "But you have to keep the jack o' lanterns lit. It's tradition." And she's like, "Boohoo." And she blows the jack-o'-lantern out. And then we see... And then she starts, she starts taking down decorations. decorations. And we see uh, someone come across the street. And we find out later that that's Sam. But you don't know that yet. Um, and he... While she's taking down the deck, While the girlfriend's taking down decorations. The guy puts in a porno movie and is like waiting for her upstairs. Like your quintessential... Like we're gonna watch... It's, it's Halloween... Like, I'm scared, the whole, like, I'm scared, horny trope that never works out for anybody. If anybody's seen Friday the 13th, like, don't have sex. Um, because you will die. Um, and while she's taking down all the decorations, Sam kills her and uses her body parts as, like, props that are already up there. So they already have... Yeah, she, she makes her into, like, a scare, well, like, a half scarecrow, half ghosty... Because they, 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 they put, like, a whole bunch of crossbeams, and they made, like, makeshift scarecrow slash ghost combination yeah. things, which were really cool. And then she got, she gets, like, slashed in the throat with a... And then they had, like, they had body parts, like, hanging from the trees, but with the lot, with the half-bitten lollipop. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Oh, so good. And then, and then when um, the boyfriend, like, unveils the, the sheet, like, the, the half bitten lollipop stuffed in her mouth and then it's like and then it cuts to the credits which is like this really cool comic book scene um or comic book-esque um intro or where they they tease various parts of the story like principal wilkins who's my favorite character he's such a creep (laughs) and i love him he's so cool i definitely love principal wilkins his storyline was fantastic so I thought he was going to kill the kid when the first time I saw it because it definitely gives you that vibe. Oh my gosh, like he's just like no no, don't do you monster. <laughs> well, I love how he's just like, "Daddy, help me with the jack-o'-lantern. Daddy, why is mommy not around?" I'm like, "Oh, he's going to snap and kill his kid. This is this is great." He doesn't. He's obviously uh grooming his son to be just like him because the jack-o'-lantern that they carved together was th- the kid that stole candy from him. He starts to carve it. He has his head on like a plate and that's... A, a platter. Oh, it's just... It's so... It was very good. And everybody... And everybody... There's... Without you realizing it, all the stories are sort of like happening simultaneously. So while Wilkins is burying people in his backyard, the crazy neighbor from next door... Who he who threatened to shoot him about five minutes before is tapping on his window, and then you see something jump on top of him and push him out of the way of the window, which ends up being the last story of the anthology. 
there are girls walking through town trying to find costumes. We find them next. The couple from the beginning you see at the middle and the end. It's just everything just so seamlessly ties together. It's it's a very I mean again like we said before it's a very it's like they're all separate stories but it's woven very well and the nonlinear narrative style just it's just executed quite well. Oh, it's it's very it's 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 one of those horror movies where like uh from an internal logic logical standpoint like there's it's very airtight it's very clean it's very it's executed very well so obviously the professor wilkins storyline was your favorite yes i so why don't you so why don't you walk us through that one since you like that one so much yeah so um professor wilkins is this is he a professor or uh, principal principal. okay yeah he's a principal a school principal who uh he one he's part serial killer and two he like he takes Halloween very like pretty seriously because like I want to uh, have a dad his like his house him. is super. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he's 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 also like a, he's definitely a creep. Like I I've um I was trying to I was trying to figure out who played him, and it, it was Dylan Baker. Um, Dylan Baker. He was in the Spider-Man movies. He was in... He was in Homeland. He was in The Americans. Yep. He he, he appeared in serials like Monk and Burn Notice. He was in Anchorman too. I'm assu- that that must be funny. <laughs> For a second like I thought he was one of he was the um, he was one of the guys from The Hangover, but I, he, I, he was a completely different guy. But no, I think you're thinking of Ed Helms. Yes, I, yeah. I thought he was M. Helms, but it wasn't. But this, <laughs> uh, but uh, this guy was great. So, um, so we see Professor Wilkins um, stop a kid. Uh, I, I believe it's the same kid who was in Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton, like the the big curly, a uh, big kid with like curly, dirty blond- blondish hair. I've never um, seen that movie, so I'm gonna take your word for it. Yeah, so the kid is uh, going door to door, smashing pumpkins and stealing candy, and then Professor Wilkins shows up and uh, starts weaving like a morality tale. It's like um, he he pulls up a knife, it's like, "Hey, take a seat and take a piece of candy," uh, and he's going through this mini rant about how there's like certain traditions and rules that on Halloween that you have to follow. And one of them is always check your candy. And then we see, uh, (laughs) we see that the kids like the, the the candy bar is poisoned and like he starts vomiting blood over the place. And it goes into this very campy, uh, gallows humor, uh, sequence where, uh, Wilkins is dragging the body through his house. He's trying to, uh, placate his son who wants to like carve jack lanterns and, and and like do Halloween stuff with his dad, and his dad has to bury the body at the same time while dealing with the crazy na- neighbor next door. Um, and then and like one of the bodies in the ditch he 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 uh dug up in his backyard starts moving, so he's trying to deal with that. Um, so he buries the body. Um, and then like we just. Like we said before, um, all throughout this little vignette, the his son is constantly bothering his dad because he just wants to do Halloween stuff, and 
Uh, it seems like Wilkins is not a fan of his son. Like and he's then, gonna go postal and kill exactly. Him. So he goes. He's going. He's, he pulls out a butcher knife and he's like, "Oh yes, we're gonna, we're, uh, and we're gonna, we're going, to, we're gonna, we're gonna carve a pumpkin. We're we're gonna go down to the basement and it's shot so well where you don't you don't see the kid, but you, uh, we only focus on Wilkins and how he's like playing with the knife and, uh, he stabs it down. Or you see, and he pulls it back up. We see a bloody knife. Um, and then we pan out to see that uh, the decapitated, decapitated head of the kid is on a platter. And we see that Wilkins is training his son to follow in his footsteps. And they're going to carve a head together. It's like, oh shit, this movie. It's great. So, um, And then we see Wilkins in, later on. Um, he dresses up as some creepy dude. Or like some creepy vampire, gothic costume, and he's going around preying on 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 unsuspecting uh, ladies on Halloween. It's just being being a total creep, and it's like, oh, I hate you, Wilkins, but you you're you're just you're just selling this really well. So, but he gets but he gets uh, he gets his just desserts though. He does get his just desserts, in the best way possible. In one of my favorite stories. Yes. Of this entire anthology because of the way they do it. So this this next story follows four girls who are getting slutty outfits for this Halloween party. And they keep talking to their sisters saying, it's your first time, relax. And naturally everyone's thinking, oh, she's a virgin. She's going to lose her virginity tonight, blah, blah, blah. So they're finding all these guys to invite to this party. And you're like, oh, so this is just going to turn into one of those like showtime orgy scenarios and whatever and she ends up picking a little red riding outfit little red riding hood outfit which i will tell you was an inspiration for one of my halloween costumes one year it was actually the first it was one of the first halloweens i spent with tom i dressed up as a slutty red riding hood but i put on like combat boots and I put three huge gashes across my chest. Like nice. I got into a fight with a wolf. Very cool. So yeah. Carrying I a bloody axe or something like that. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. So like I don't, you know, I don't do anything just normally because God forbid. No, and it's Halloween. You it's should Halloween. put a I little spoop. Exactly. Yeah. She's shopping for a little Red Riding Hood outfit. Um, her sister like leaves her alone and they take these guys to wherever the party's going to be. Presumably in the middle of the woods. It turns out, yes, it is in the middle of the woods. And they sort of leave her behind to pick her own date, if you will. And while she thinks she found the perfect person, Wilkins spots her. So as she's walking through the woods, he's he's stalking her. And she can feel it. She knows it. And she's like, all right, whoever this is, I'm not in the mood tonight, so just come on out. And... Wilkins gets her, attacks her, bites her, and the next frame you see her cape get thrown through the trees and hits the campsite, and everyone thinks it's her, and it's Wilkins. And you're like, okay. Oh, sh- what's, what's going on? And, and, th- and, then, and then Wilkins gets his fake fangs taken off. It's like, what, he's not a real vampire? What, what, what's going on? What? And 
that's where she's like, I took their advice, like her two other sisters, and I played hard to get. And all of a sudden, she has this very just not that naive, shy girl persona isn't really there. And this is Anna Paquin, like the the same actress who plays Rogue in the the X-Men movies. Like, I actually didn't realize... Like she did any other movies be- uh, after, besides X Men? It's like oh, and and like Anna, Anna really sells like the, the economy. Like she the super sweet innocent, and then she gets, and then like with really good makeup and really good acting, like she 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 looks like super creepy, bad as shit, crazy. It's like oh man, I'm I'm sold. It's great. So. This is where one of the best parts of this starts to come. She gets on top of Wilkins and says, I'm really nervous. It's my first time. And you're like, oh, they're really gonna, they're really gonna do this. You don't really understand what's happening. And then Marilyn Manson starts to play. It's his rendition of Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. And then the camera pants or just does snap cuts to all the other guys. They're already like dead. They're already or, like, dead. dead are half dead and they're all being just like pulled around and you realize that there's something not quite right about what's going on and the girls start dancing and like very erotic it's like very erotic to a point they all start taking their clothes off and then one of the girls turns the other girls around and unzips her skin like like a suit yeah it's like uh, uh, like and like do you mind and they like 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 her skin starts opening up and like like their vertebrae starts sticking out and like like pat like like patches of skin are falling off and it's like oh shit they're turning into werewolves it's one of the best it's one of the better not one of the best one of the better transformation scenes for werewolves i've ever seen and a pack it was very impressive it's so it was for early 2000s for like early to mid 2000s it was really impressive. And the thing is, it's like, I I, I mean, I, I probably have to rewatch it again, but I felt like it was more practical effects than CGI. I feel uh, like it was a steady combination of both. I mean, I think, I think if they, the parts that they do CGI, I think it was, I think they did it very well because I couldn't really tell. I mean, because when you look at, you can really tell when there's bad CGI because it, it, it sticks out, but... I think how I think the uh, it was probably a really good mix of of both and it was very seamless. No, this was very well like woven together. Um because when her sister transforms and her sister is right next to her, that is like hardcore practical effects. That is somebody in a suit. But when Anna Paquin's doing her thing, that was CGI. But it just it it married so well together. So it ends with Wilkins dies and he gets his just desserts. He dies in the middle of the woods by a uh, a group of lady wolves. It was very good. I was, I like I um this being my first time um like I was completely not expecting that and I was so delighted. Like this is awesome. So ah uh, yay. Yes. Um so we mentioned so th- I th- that that was obviously your favorite. So we have some of the other stories. The, although the jack o' lantern one with the kids was another one of, was another good one too. That's a close second for me. But the werewolf one is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the the story that Ryan's talking about. Um, so you have a bunch of trick or treaters. So Macy, Sarah, Chip, and Schrader. Um, they meet Rhonda, who's a Halloween fanatic, and she's a like an idiot savant, so, um, um, 
she she has like some mental handicaps, but she's also super smart and super knowledgeable. Um, and they re- recount this urban legend of the Halloween school bus massacre uh, in their hometown, where a bunch of parents had some problem child, uh, ch- problem children, and they paid off a bus driver to take get care rid of, of them, their problem. Get rid of them. Uh, so they were chaining. Uh, he chained up all the kids in the school bus. Um, drove them to the quarry, uh, and he had second. Uh, well, he had, he he was checking uh, the the locks uh, while he was at the quarry. One of the kids panics, and uh, he he escapes his fetters, and he goes to the bus. And trying to, cause he, uh, cause the kid realized that this wasn't the normal school bus route, so he took over the bus, and accidentally drives it off the cliff of the quarry. Uh, the school bus driver dies. Um, but all these kids, uh, were trapped in the bus, and they, and to this day, the school bus is still in the lake, and you can on Halloween, you can hear like the spirits of the kids, you know, moaning and. Um, that's why you, you have to leave an offering of jack-o'-lanterns to appease their spirits. I mean, thinking about that just from like, forget about the Halloween story, thinking about that from a perspective, if you're a parent with like an autistic child and you just can't take it anymore, so you hire the bus driver that drives them home every day to kill your kids because you can't deal with it anymore. And it's not just like one parent. There were like 10 kids on that bus. It's like, it was, it was like, it was like six or seven parents who got together. Yeah. And one of them, I'm guessing, was sort of like Rama in the sense that they were uh, kind of a savant because they were very aware of the ride home. Um, As soon as the bus driver made a different turn, the kids started saying, wrong way, wrong way. This was, this movie was, or that, this part of the movie was hard to watch because like. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it was just. Oh, well, he gets his too. He had to live with it for the rest of his life. I, it's we'll just, get to that. I think this this movie is like oh, this this part of the movie is like the most visceral because like uh, I don't know mental health. I put mental that health on is far. like I... a serious thing, and Lena, I maybe not to the extent of the like the school bus massacre, but like you know de- definitely on the the microcosm of like how Rhonda was treated. Like this stuff happens, and it's like that. That's not that stuff's not cool. Um, so basically what happens, um, so they go through this legend and Macy, uh, the ringleader of the group, uh, um, takes Rhonda to the quarry, uh, on this little mission, um, after she recounts the school bus massacre and basically, um, a bunch of, a bunch of spirits appear from the lake and a bunch of the kids are getting attacked and eaten alive and Rhonda's all by herself and and she starts panicking and she's scared out of her wits. Her glasses gets broken. Then we find out there was a one giant prank and on Rhonda. I was like, dude, why are you going to do that to Rhonda? That's, that's so, so messed up. Here's the thing. Kids are assholes. They are. I mean, not every kid is an asshole. But kids can be really mean. And... I, Rhonda, Rhonda gets, gets even though. So it gets to a point where she's completely scared out of her mind and one of the kids calls it off. He's like, she's terrified. Can we please just go home? So while they're cleaning everything up, the leader of the 
Pack is clearly very pissed off. The kid, the real kids from the massacre start coming up out of the lake. And because she headed up this prank, it's like the girl who cried wolf, because she decided to do this prank in the first place, when she comes back and says, no, no, we actually have to get out of here, Rhonda's like, I'm not falling for this crap again, goes back to the elevator, and leaves them down there. Yes! And she's holding yes, her queen. one jack-o'-lantern while she goes back up in the elevator. I'm like, yes, Rhonda! And when she comes back up, Sam is there. And he drags his little thing of candy out to the rock quarry and he just chills. Because Rhonda, Rhonda's a good girl. She's, she's, having, she's obeying all the rules. She has a jack-o'-lantern. It's been lit the whole time. Her entire front yard was filled with jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, justice for Rhonda. She's cool. Justice for Rhonda. <laughs> um, so we have one more story where um, the crazy old man. You want you want to cover what happens with the crazy old man? Crazy old man is played by Brian Cox, who I learned very recently does not watch himself in his movies. Oh, um, the only thing, the only piece of trivia I know about Brian Cox was uh, he's also in an X Men movie. He was an X Men. He was the main villain. Of X-Men 2. He was, yes. Um, I always find it interesting when actors are like, well, I won't watch myself. And I'm like, well, isn't that kind of why you became an actor to begin with? Mm. To just, like, be on screen? I guess when you once you get to a certain level of uh, confidence in your abilities, maybe you're just like, eh, I know what I did. Is it confidence <laughs> or is it I don't want to watch myself? I guess both like of those I guess things just, I understand. I you can say the same thing for like podcasts. Is like I can't recognize my own voice when I listen to myself. It's like uh, <laughs> so I don't know. But Brian Cox is a is a I don't know. We don't know. That's who. why I edit the episodes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know. We don't know what Brian Cox is thinking. So. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to come from, like, a place of, like, judgment or anything like that. I just find it really intriguing when people are just like, no, I don't watch myself. I'm like, oh, okay. And you don't find this out until the end of the story, but Brian Cox ends up being the driver of the bus. It's all connected, Ryan. (laughs) It is all connected, and that's part of the reason why I love this fucking movie. Um, He ends up being the bus driver that was paid off by the parents to drive the kids off the quarry. To drive them off the cliff. He is a miserable shitbag for a reason. He is an alcoholic. He's depressed. Probably because he almost killed a bunch of kids. And like never got like quite got over it. And he's just like a bitter dirt bag. He doesn't participate in any of the Halloween traditions. And one year Sam decides to just come visit him and it's probably said enough is fucking enough. You better give out candy. You better participate in Halloween. You're participating in Halloween this year and Sam attacks him in his own house. Going back to the Wilkins story when I told you that he saw his neighbor in the window and something jumped on him and pushed him away from the window. This is that moment when Sam is attacking him in his own house with the with two of the best weapons in this movie, one of them being the lollipop from the first story, the second being, this is also another rule of check your candy, it's a candy bar with a razor blade in it. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> and also very much out of, like, Home Alone, like, he makes Brian Cox fall down the stairs and trip by, like, spewing, or by spilling, like, like M&M and Skittles all over the stairwell. And razor blades. Don't forget the razor blades. Uh, and razor blades, and yes. And razor blades. <laughs> oh, yeah, and broken glass. And broken glass, yes. 
Yes. I mean, he really does, like, a number on him. Um, the entire place gets completely destroyed, and when Sam... Go- he knows it's him, so when Sam goes to kill him, he puts a candy bar between Sam and him, so when Sam stabs him and gets the candy bar, Sam leaves him alone. And when Brian Cox realizes he's gone, he comes outside... And there are jack-o'-lanterns all over his yard that weren't there before. And he now has to give out candy. And he's very, like, reluctantly, like, taking it out of his sling. And the kids that come to the door are like, really cool mummy costume. And you see Sam standing across the street, like, I'm watching you. Then he he watches, um, this is a really cool moment where, um, like, there's like a like a like a panoramic sort of a panoramic shot where like all, we see all the main characters at once we see Rhonda with her wagging coming back uh we see yes and all four girls are like wiping the blood off their faces in the car and they're laughing yeah yes. and then we see that we see the the couple in the beginning walk back into the house um and then um Brian Cox gets more guests right who shows up at his doorstep all the kids he tried to kill. Yeah. It's a sad moment. Mm-hmm. It was like, he, he, like they're, and they're all like waterlogged, super soaked, mucky swamp zombies. And they, and they, take, they get revenge on Brian. Did you call them mucky swamp zombies? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just, I wanted to be sure that that is in fact what that was just did. It was just Krieg slash Brian Cox just... Just, you know, getting... Getting his ass handed to him. I mean, rightfully so. Again, he did try to kill a bunch of mentally handicapped children. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't. Like I said, I mean, he did hesitate, to be fair. But that's not to say that he wouldn't have done it otherwise. Like, we don't... There's no way of knowing. Just, just... Don't do that. Just just follow the rules and then you won't get killed by zombies or, or by Sam. It's, it'll be fine. Save the children. Save the children. But my gosh, Ryan, I love this film. It was great. I'm really happy you enjoyed it, though. I was kind of nervous. I um, So as we know, Tom does not like horror movies. No! At all. No, he, he doesn't. And he never will. And it, it, I'll, he'll have to deal with well, me. Well, we will find... We will find a, a a movie that he will like. I don't think he will, though. I think that's part of the problem. I don't think he will. Because it's not a question of things being scary. It's that it doesn't affect him. Um, He just... He needs something that's... Driven. He was like, I want... We'll have to do, like, a whole other episode on that. Okay. It's a whole whole fucking conversation. I've tried. I've tried really hard. Anyway, he surprised me by saying he had seen Trick or Treat already. Oh. And he hated it. And I was like, I was going to show that to you to try and, like, win you over. This movie's a cold classic. (laughs) Hated it. Uh, that's so sad. He basically wants, like, the antagonist to have, like, a real motivation. Because he doesn't think just because is a is a good enough motivation. No, no, no. Protecting the sanctity of Halloween is a perfectly perfectly reasonable way. But to Tom cope doesn't it. believe in the sanctity of Halloween. No, <laughs> I do. <laughs> we 
We got we got we we gotta dress up as Sam and visit, and we gotta we gotta. You, you know, should dress up as Sam for Halloween. I I really want to. You should. Yeah. We awesome. So, moving on to our next movie, and this the one that you picked. He actually loves. <gasps> okay. Love That's great. So Ghostbusters we're talking about for everyone. Ghostbusters. Ooh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, it's a fantastic, well-beloved uh, supernatural comedy franchise. Um, I assume most people, most dreadfuls who are listening to this will be familiar, but uh, maybe you're youngin' and stumbled across our podcast and you never heard of it before. Um, Ghostbusters is a great, great, fantastic, uh, ghost spoopy comedy created and released in nineteen like mid-80s to 1984. And it follows uh, four eccentric New York City parapsychologists who investigate and capture ghosts for a living. So, okay, so now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we get into the original beauty of all of this, did you see the, the I don't want to call it a remake because it wasn't a remake, the, the all-lady sequel, if you will? I actually haven't seen that yet, but did you see it? Okay. As someone who was irrationally angry about them remaking Ghostbusters and waited a very long time to watch it, it was fucking hilarious. Really? It okay. It was so funny. I Chris Hemsworth is in it as He's the he's the secretary. He's I know the that, secretary right? and he's yeah, dumb as that's fuck. That's a good choice. And it's so they just let him be hilarious. It was it's so it's so good. Which is why, like, the Thor Ragnarok movie is so good, because they, like, I guess no, Thor Ragnarok came after the Ghostbusters movie, and I think Disney figured out, was like, wait, Chris Hemsworth is like, he's really funny and charming. We should let him be funny and we charming. We should let him be Thor. funny and charming. So, yeah. so, here's, so here's the thing. There is one post-credit scene that I think w- you will thoroughly enjoy and will blow your fucking mind. Okay, okay. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though, because you haven't seen the movie yet. No! No spoilers, Christopher. Uh, I, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. That's fine. Anyway, Ghostbusters, when did that come out? 19... 1984. 84. I was going to say 86. That would have been very incorrect. I think, like, the... <laughs> there is no my Dana, favorite only part... Zool. What? I'm sorry? There is no Dana, only Zool. Only Zool. Only Zool. I just, that's one of the things I just love about the movie. There's so many quotable lines. So, Ghost, okay, so while we were watching it, Tom actually told me something interesting that I did not know. Can, can we have a Ryan and Tom and Chris commentary track of Ghostbusters? Because that would be great. Did you know that Dan Aykroyd had, so Dan Aykroyd's great-great-grandfather, or great-no, great-grandfather, was into the paranormal like he held seances in their house oh i i knew that which is why he wanted to make this movie yeah like i I didn't know about that but i know he was heavily inspired by quantum physics and he was reading up about parapsychology and like scientific journals 
Um, but it's really cool. I didn't know about the the I his ancestors. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the two links. I found a link, and then Tom sent me a separate one. So I'm gonna include those two in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just I I I found it so so interesting. I his ghost hunting familial background was part of what inspired Ghostbusters. Now, That's so cool. Originally, it wasn't supposed to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. They were going to, like, travel through time and instead of proton packs, they had, like, wands or something like that. And it was mm-hmm. this whole, it was this, it would have been a very, very different movie. Uh, I also read notes that, like, the Ghostbusters, how they looked in the the final cut of the movie, they had, like, jumpsuits and they had the proton packs, but, like, uh, some of the early drafts, like, the Ghostbusters were wearing, like, super armored SWAT, ride squad type looking costumes. Which, which is, would like, have oh, been interesting. This project was a like a, a love child be- with uh Dan Aykroyd and Hal Hal Ramis um, rest in peace and just pure comedy genius what, a lot of the greatness of the film like there's like so much talent in this film you got Aykroyd and Ramis and then Bill freaking Murray just doing so much improv and just making <laughs> uh the movie better I mean unfortunately a lot of the parts or a lot of the development was written around or written for John Belushi but Blushy died due to drug overdose while the screenplay screenplay was being written. Um, so and Belushi is one of the com- the real comedy greats, but Bill Murray stepped up and made it made his performance of Peter Beckman is just iconic, so classic and iconic. So talking about Dan Aykroyd being like a secret ghost nerd mm-hmm. in the article that Tom sent me. Okay, so let's see if I can get... So, according to this, he said that the family employed a medium that used to channel people. Mm -hmm. Uh, His father, Dan Aykroyd's dad, uh, published an encyclopedic book on ghosts called A History of Ghosts. And Dan Aykroyd still lives in this family home today, where he says has... um, a heavy amount of spiritual activity. Um, supposedly, he feels invisible hands pulling sheets off at night. What? And, yeah. He said that he's not clairvoyant. Like, he's not as strong as someone who he thinks is clairvoyant. But he says that the most frequent paranormal experiences come in the form of vivid dreams of lost friends. And that he often feels his friend John Belushi's energy coming back. Wow. I feel like that would freak me the fuck out. Ackroyd's paranormal experiences are not limited to the old farmhouse. While living in his former home in California, which had once belonged to Mama Cass, otherwise known as Cass Elliot, who is an American singer and actress and best-known member of the Mamas and Papas, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she died in 1974 from heart failure at age 32, so she was quite young. So yeah, Dan Aykroyd lived in her house and said he had a number of experiences, including, quote, a ghost certainly haunts my house. It once even crawled into bed with me. The ghost also turns on the Stairmaster and moves Julia across the dresser. I'm sure it's Mama Cass because you get the feeling it's a big ghost. I don't know what to do with all of this information. <laughs> it's spoopy and fascinating. <laughs> it's, it's very bizarre. It's very weird. Um, mm. That's... 
stuff like that is kind of the reason why I, I hope we get to take field trips and go to the Lizzie Borden, formerly Lizzie Borden house, now Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, where you mm-hmm. can stay there. Supposedly people have had experiences there. There's also the, I always say the name of this town wrong. I want to say it's Basilica. Basilica? I think something like that. It's a town. Where, what state is that? Hold on. It's Villasica. It's a city oh, okay. in Iowa, and there was an axe murder. It's a house. There was a bunch, of, there was a one-time murder there. Somebody came in with an axe and butchered an entire family and wiped off the axe before they left. Um, I really want to do an episode on that. There's a great movie about it, and it's, yeah. Well, we well, should do it. We'll do it. Um, but anyway, there's supposedly activity in that house as well where they will pay you $70 per person a night to stay there. That's cheap as shit. I will, I will stay there. Um, I think you and I have had the paranormal conversation before. And I feel like mm-hmm. if we haven't, Ghostbusters is probably the movie to do it with. I don't necessarily know what I believe. Mm-hmm. I know that I've had experiences that I personally can't explain. For me, I'd like, I'm like... to believe that there is. Yeah, for, for me, like I'm halfway between agnostic and atheist, but I do believe in like some sort of afterlife, and I do believe in like there's like just weird supernatural shit that happens that you can't explain, and you know, um, I personally only had like 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 one or two experiences, but like I think like these stories. Um, these accounts of para- paranormal and parapsychology, and it happens so often, and like I mean, in various modes, of course. But it hop- it happens. Setting aside like the collective unconsciousness and like how stories and myths and legends, and all that being passed down generation, permeating throughout different cultures and different, I guess, di- yeah, different like different just how it just permeates everywhere in some form or another i think it just it, i think it occurs too often for it for it just to be like just to be written off as just like oh it's just nonsense yeah um, no so. i understand that i um i don't necessarily always believe in coincidence either like i would like to think that there is something between us and death because it would give me like a slight amount of hope of becoming an awesome poltergeist yeah, because we can haunt our haunt friends and enemies forever. Right. It'd be great. So, and that's kind of what I liked about Ghostbusters. Like, seeing a ghost in a library was, when I saw that when I was younger, that's, I, like, immediately went to the New York Public Library and tried to stay there as long as I could so that I could see somebody <laughs> down in the stacks. Uh, newsflash doesn't work that way. No. <laughs> um, there was this really great uh, YouTube video uh, I think the I think the channel's still active. They're called Improv Everywhere, so they did a Ghostbusters themed prank where nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was it was at the New York Public Library. Um, they started basically like uh, the, you had like three people in ghost costumes, uh, just walking around and using library facilities, and then like four other people dressed up as the Ghostbusters start chasing them around. And, and like, someone starts playing the Ghostbusters theme over the PA system. It's like, yes! Nice! Very good. <laughs> well played. Um, but, ah, oh, man. See, stuff was, like that, like, I think, is... 
I think is funny, but then there's, mm. you know, I mean, you get your, I don't know. Uh, we've, we've had the haunted house conversation. <laughs> no, no thanks. No thanks. So, I mean, I, Ghostbusters, is, it's so popular. It's permeated so much of pop culture. Like some of the most recent examples, like Stranger Things season two, um, you know, they had our, our heroes, our kids, they started dressing up as the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Of what, what stands out to you as like most, the most iconic, like impact or legacy of the Ghostbusters? I know that's a really huge question. The um, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yes. The Stay Puff Marshmallow <laughs> <laughs> Just because, just because out of, out of everything, so you go through this whole thing, and it's like the end of the world and biblical proportions, and, and like ghosts are the traveler, right, the like, destroyer. This this whole thing, like, are you the gatekeeper? I'm yeah, like, uh, you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. are you the? Or what is it? I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the keymaster. Are you the? I I I am. I'm uh, the key what's it? Oh, I am Zool, the gatekeeper. Are you the keymaster? And yeah. Then, Poor Sigourney Rick. Reaver and Rick Romanus and poor, create a baby. <laughs> poor Rick. Poor Rick. Like, I felt bad for him in this movie. That being said. I don't know. I love Rick Romanus. I think he sells it very well. No, he really um, does. He did such a fantastic job. I, mm-hmm. too, would like to wear a colander on my head. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. So, for me, when something that is so ancient, it relied on it's target to like pick the most terrifying thing and everyone was like all right so think of nothing think of nothing and he thought of a giant fucking marshmallow man i just i mean okay let's let's <laughs> let's break this down clinically how how much i mean yes is a giant marshmallow man you how much damage could it there. actually do he can't do that much damage. He could cover you in marshmallow fluff and you could just eat it off yourself. I mean... It was the don't... best, worst option you could have It's chosen. so good. <laughs> because... Because I mean, it's a fucking we, giant we don't marshmallow know... man. <laughs> I mean, we don't know if, if uh, the Stay Pumped Marshmallow Man had any like of his ghost's powers. Like, could it breathe fire? Or could it, like... So, okay, I don't know, so, had but, superhuman but, but, strength? It, I don't think it did. It just it was just like an animated blob of uh, mush marshmallow. So I think between the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and Slimer, you have the epitome of iconicness mm. when it comes to mm. Ghostbusters. Slimer is my favorite. I love him. I just I love that that first that fir- their first outing where like especially when the they're in the banquet hall. And they're trashing everything, and like the hotel manager's like uh, trying to reassure the guests. Everything's like, fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, oh man, there's just so many great scenes, and we didn't mention it, but we 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 talked about like the male talent, but like Sigourney Weaver's in this, and Apparently Annie Potts is the secretary, first and like role that she did that was actually written for a woman because Ripley was written for a man. Mm. And she was Ripley an alien, obviously. Which I find that really hard to believe, but... I, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? This wasn't too long after, because uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver played Ripley an alien in 1979. 
and Ghostbusters came out in uh, 1984. Um, so what's it? That's only like, uh, like what, six years later? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or five years later. So, I mean, it's it's hard for me to see Sigourney Weaver not being a badass role. <laughs> um, but I still love I still love Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. Um, I love her in everything. Yes. Um, oof. So, do you have any other thoughts about Ghostbusters? I think I think largely it speaks for itself. I I I. Um... I think that Ghostbusters. So, trick or treat for me. Well, I can watch. We know this. I can watch horror movies any time of year. But for me, trick or treat is solely like an October Halloween exclusive for me. Like I will only watch that in October around Halloween time. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters is one of those things where it's like you can watch that whenever, and it still holds up. It's still a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're ever in the mood to just laugh, mm-hmm. put it, like just toss it on. It's it's got it's got all the Halloweeny elements. It's got the ghost. It's got the paranormal parapsychology. It's got the best song ever. It's got the best intro, <laughs> and it's hilarious as shit. Mm. I think we should do a follow up Ghostbusters episode on Ghostbusters two, mm-hmm. and the re- or or the Ghostbusters franchise. Uh, yeah, because like, I know because you still I you mean, didn't see the the well. I don't want to call. I mean. The All Lady Ghostbusters movie is sort of, it's like a parallel. It's not a remake. It's not a sequel. It's just, mm-hmm. it really stands by itself. I was very mm-hmm. impressed with it. Okay. Um, I was also referencing, like, we could also throw in the Ghostbusters animated shows. Um, Didn't they I know keep the Ghostbusters video game. Didn't they keep um, Slimers a that... pet in the animated series? Or is that in the comics? I think that was the, co- uh, no, that was like the animated series. Um <laughs> <laughs> so bad <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll, I'll i'll try to find some incredibly lifelike like slimer plushie that spews actual slime if you want to give me just like a bust of slimer i'll find a place to put it okay <laughs> oh my god you know you know okay you know what i'm gonna do on top of the chucky box i i will i will get a quadcopter uh, and then I'll, I'll, one that can, one that can Chris, support for weight. for the last time, we are not doing the Houses October Milk 3. No, we're not, okay, no, we're just gonna have a, we're gonna have a, a Slimer, like, fly around, slimer and then um, we're gonna, we're gonna attach, like, projectile slime in a cannon yeah. in its mouth, and then, <laughs> and then we'll dress up as Ghostbusters, and then someone else can pilot the Slimer, and we can run around and in a hotel, I don't know which hotel, some swanky one in New York City, and then we got, we got to, we'll catch the Slimer. And then we'll get, then we'll charge the hotel for our services. We need Mag Bank, and then, and then, we can get new equipment, we can we can start building our own podcast studio out of New York City. We'll become, we'll become podcast gods, we'll summon Gozer, and then we can choose the form, and then we'll be like, okay, yes. Okay, so if you had to choose, if you had to choose the form, that would bring upon the destruction of the world because clearly we know their choice. What would you pick? Oh. Would you would you go like full destruction or would you pick something ridiculous like a marshmallow man? <laughs> I, I just feel like I, I would I, want to pick something ridiculous. Like I, I think that. something ridiculous because the world's gonna end. You might as well like have a laugh about it. Okay, it's like so I mean, pick? uh, my gosh, being put on the spot. Yeah, uh, man. 
man. I got him. You got, you got it. Do you have an answer? Mr. Because Peanut. I got Mr. Peanut? Yes. That is very good. You could also make very your own dangerous because you're gonna give everyone, including me, anaphylactic shock. <laughs> I mean, you just can't touch him. That's okay. I, I guess. Okay. Um, my gosh, Mr. Peanut's really good. Because um, <laughs> I was thinking. Because here's the thing: like, I, I know that I would want to be dying with laughter. <laughs> so there's nothing funnier than a giant peanut. I don't. I don't know. I was thinking maybe like Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the end of the world, everyone's gonna die by the hand of Hello Kitty. Yeah, Hello Kitty. She's gonna, she's gonna. She's gonna hug you to death. Okay. She's gonna. She's gonna. She's gonna round up every single human, and then her arm. She will. Her. I, I don't know this I don't know anything about Hello Kitty, but she's so cute. She she her she's gonna hug and suffocate she's the life out of every single death. human being all at once. That's that's how that's how the world will end. Okay. Yeah. So cool. in our world the world dies through Hello with Kitty. Hugs. With hugs. With hugs. With hugs and anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Well, put it this way. If everyone in the world who's allergic to peanuts and peanut butter stayed inside they they, they they will they will inherit the earth and then they can they they'll rebuild society and then uh, then goes will come back and to finish the job is hello kitty okay. it'll be great oh my god okay yes <laughs> uh, oh yeah I think that's a good place to stop okay a good place to because end the Chris episode because Chris is getting delusional and we I am if you I listen get, to I, the deathbed episode we all know what happens I love the deathbed episode okay. I'm so delirious I know we were all so delirious <laughs> So good. Okay, so it's... this has been episode 16 of Left for Dread. This is our Halloween necessities. We clearly love Halloween, guys. So mm. this just it's very good. felt like something we wanted to cover. Our next episode is going to be body horror episode. Um, we sort of had to swap our uh, ideas because we were going to make it a two-part episode. So our next episode, we're doing body horror. And we are going to be covering The Fly. Woo-hoo! Go David Cronenberg! Go Jeff Goldblum! And uh, American Mary from 2012. Yes. So get on those two. You have your homework assignments. You homework go watch assignments, them. Go watch them. We can tell which one I'm probably... Well, we can probably already tell which one was my pick. But we'll discuss mm. why next episode. Yes. yes. So excited. Okay. I love the body horror. Can't I know wait. You do. That's why we're doing a two part episode just for you. Yes. Now, we'll probably make it three if we keep talking about David Cronenberg. I. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we. Director's I don't, I don't think there's a Cronenberg episode on the slate. Or, I mean, I think maybe. I don't know. Yes. We need more body horror. We need more Cronenberg. We'll it's do a thing. It'll be yes. a thing. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dreadfuls, now you know what we're covering next week, so go to your DVDs collection, go uh, go go to Prime, go go somewhere, it's all on the interwebs, go rent it, it's fine, grab them, <laughs> watch them, and then uh, come, uh, come back and stay tuned. Um, and this is Left for Dread, you can find this show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, 
uh, anywhere really where you can find podcasts. Um, but specifically, uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, um, give us a like, rate, or rating, and uh, review. Constructive feedback. We love to hear uh, from you and your thoughts. And we're always ex- always experimenting, always trying new things out. So we'd love to hear from you. And you can find us all on social medias everywhere. So just look up Left 4 Dread Pod. Uh, you can look, uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash Left 4 Dread Pod. Uh, Twitter at Left 4 Dread Pod. Left 4 Dread Pod on Instagram. It's all there. It's all we're good. All, we're everywhere. Yes. All right. And um, we are about halfway through our Halloween marathon of episodes. So if you missed some of the other ones... Uh, you can go back. We've done some great episodes like Deathbed, which was our SMP slash Left for Dread crossover episode. Ryan, what else have we done this month? Besides give me a hernia and regret ever showing you Deathbed. But it was so good. <laughs> um, no, we've had we've had some we've had some great how like I said, October was a very ambitious month for us because we love October so 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 Oh, much. Um, we ha- definitely have more stuff to come. But we kicked off our October with what freaks Chris and I out the most. The phobias. Our phobia episodes was what started this. We continued it with Deathbed. And then we're going to continue on with this episode and some body horror. And stay tuned yeah. for the rest of October for everything else that we have in store, guys. We're, like I said, at the beginning of October, we're super excited about this month, if you can't tell. Yeah. And then we're going to go back to our regular our regular schedule. <laughs> for sure. And uh, just so you don't miss anything, um, please subscribe to us. Uh, so subscribe us on uh, any of your preferred podcast players of choice um you can also find the rss feed on our soundcloud page uh so and we'll post that in the show notes too yeah. um but just subscribe uh to our show so you never miss an episode and with that um stay tuned for some body horror next Ooh. week or, ne- or yes next week or or friday up something friday, friday. i don't know <laughs> yes i'm delirious he's delirious I'm everyone call <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Stay dreadful. Stay dreadful. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs>